श्री श्री गोराराम भक्तबिंद So we have three verses still with the Dhammadras going to discuss, and we're going to discuss them this weekend of three classes. So you have to keep up with me if you want to hear those. Any questions tonight? Well, I just still have that one question that I'll wait because you were going to discuss that. Yeah, it comes in the next uh, next verse. I do have one question um, regarding, you mentioned in the last in the last few classes regarding the story of Ajamil and the strength of the holy name. And I'm wondering if you could clear up, seems to be a common misconception in the devotee world between what's non-boss and what's non-maparad and what's being described there in the sixth canto by Sukadeva. What's being described in the sixth canto is the classical idea of Namabas um, that uh, has four uh, forms of expression: Sanketya Parihasimba Stobahilana Mevacha, Sanketya Parihasya Stobahilanam. These are the four types of Namabas, and they basically um, refer to um invoking of the uh, name of god with uh, not with the idea of invoking the name of god uh, in mind um, um so yes um in a, in an overarching sense each one is slightly uh nuance to use the name for something else, like counting, something like that, uh, um, uh, and joking, halenum, um, and so forth. And so uh, this uh, namabas is, uh, well, abas means like a shadow, so a shadow or a semblance of the, of the name. And it's said that the power of the name, the virtue and power of the holy name of God, is such that even Namabas um, can has the power to remove the karmic implications of the jivatma, which um, means that if you don't have any karma, then you're not bound, because karma is the is the binding agent the world. So by Namabas one can attain liberation. Um, that doesn't mean necessarily that every time anyone says, oh, oh Harry Krishna, there's Harry Krishna, where's your hair? You know, and joking like that, something like that, would be a form of, uh, of Namabas that he's, gonna, he's immediately going to be liberated. But the point is that there are examples of this happening. So the classic example there of uh, the sixth canto of um, Ajamil, who was a Brahmin and um, deviated from his um, prescribed religious uh, duties and social order and became, um, um, well, acted non-Brahminically 
and and impiously and uh, for quite some time. Um, But he had named his son Narayan, and at the time of his death, um, he called out the name of Narayan, referring to his son rather than to God, so using a name to refer to something else, um, the form of Namabas, and then that which gave rise to his invoking the, uh, the name of his son, the influence of the of the of the of the law, if you will, that governs uh, piety and impiety, Yama, hmm? the agents of Yama, as it's thought, they, the long arm of the law. That's what I want to say. They came in to arrest him, hmm? and um, so there is. There is a, the, the point here is that there, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur explains, there is a system of uh, punishment and reward built into the universe. Hmm? This is, of course, this, this story of Ajamil and the Bhagavatam is coming right after the end of the fifth canto, which ends with the description of the hellish planets. Um, which is uh, a way of explaining the, this idea that there are, there is, um, other than the reward, there's there's a form of punishment built into the into the system. Hmm. So basically, one is culpable for one one's actions in the human form of life. Um, we're not free to do whatever we like without any repercussions. Indeed, from our perspective, that's why we see the variegatedness. Uh, in the world because there are repercussions for one's actions. So, it's a big subject, of course, karma. Mm. And so that's one extreme that's presented there, that for impiety and uh, different measures, there are different um, punishments and so forth. And, of course, we come out of that into the sixth canon when the compassionate heart of Sukadev shines forth as he asks the sage Sukha, Muni, how is it that how can people be you know freed from the possibility of, of such? And um, the sage um, ex- explains that um, by um, keval bhakti, ananya bhakti, uttam bhakti, um, compared rather than by committing performing <laughs> pious activities. Mm-hmm. That won't be a comprehensive approach to avoiding, because you might perform the pious activities, and then you might. Um, the example is a elephant may bathe in the river and then roll in the sand. So, such is the, the nature of the world. Uh, so then, to to um, to go from karma as a means to avoid such to gyan and. Um, that is then an analogy given compared to cutting off the bamboo shoots. But the roots may still be there and come up again. So, gyan in this context is thought to be a kind of a suppression, if you will, of the mode of, of passion hmm? under the influence of goodness. But it's not good enough hmm? to um, make a, it's a comprehensive solution to the problem and so kechit kevalaya bhaktiya vasudeva parayana akamudun vantikartsneya niraha eva vaskara but if the sun should come and it can easily dissipate the fog 
much more so than if you were trying to build a fire or make a big light. You might burn yourself down in the city as well. Try to do so. So bhakti is like the sun that arises of its own accord, her own accord. Hmm? Yeah, You have to just wait for the sun to rise when it does. You can't make it come earlier. You can't make it set earlier. So if she comes of her own accord into our life through sadhusanga, hmm, and has the power to dis- to um, overwhelm Krishna would speak of dispel the fog or the darkness of Maya. So then the story of Bajamil is told, which is a story that speaks about the efficacy of of the limb of bhakti known as kirtan, really, hmm? or the or the virtues, let's say, of the holy name, hmm? which is very, of course, central to the whole Bhagavatam. So this is another instance in which. The central theme of the Bhagavatam is again coming up. Keval Bhakti, Ananya Bhakti, Shuddha Bhakti, Uttam Bhakti, the different names for the same idea. And also the efficacy of, of Nam. Hmm? It's brought up throughout the canto repeatedly. The canto, the whole Bhagavatam ends with um, a, um, a um, an, an imploring of the readers to engage in Nam Sankirtan. That's, uh, that's how the Bhagavatam ends. So, from beginning, middle, and end, Uttam Bhakti and the uh, efficacy of Kirtan um, as taught and exemplified by the Kali Yugavatar, Patitpavan Gaurari. So, um, the story of Jamil to just show that the power of the name is such that by Nama Bas it's possible to get liberation. So he, he chanted calling his son's name, it's calling his son, but his son was named after Narayan. And so when the long arm of the law came to arrest him and, and he realized that there were consequences for actions and he was culpable and, and so on and so forth, yeah, he called for the help of his son, but he got the help of Vishnu's dutas or um, uh, messengers. Hmm. So the Yama dutas, messengers of Yama, hmm, Yamaraj, you know, the, the, the god of, of 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 law, who's thought to have uh, what is it uh, Chitraketu as a data entry guy. Who's like keeping track track of everybody's thoughts and actions and so forth, and then there's a printout. Okay, yeah, this is what the guy gets, something like that. So um, busy, busy, busy down there. So the Yamadutas came and they met the, and then the Vishnudutas came and they said, well, "Who the hell are you? Who the hell are you?" They said, "You know, <laughs> this guy is supposed to come with us." And then I said, "No, no, you. Hey, we're you know the messengers of Dharma." Hmm? Yamaraj is also Dharmaraj, so um, we're the messengers of 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 of, 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 of Dharma here. Who, who are you? And they said we don't understand Dharma. This is the Puro Dharma. Hmm? This person has chanted the name of God. He is in a different category now. And so there's a beautiful discussion where the Vishnu Dutas enlighten the Yamadutas about a a a a um, a path, if you will. That transcends the uh, uh, system of rewards and punishment in the world. Transcends the karma. Hmm? 
and uh, that of course is is the path of uh, Uttam Bhakti, and um, and so one the implication is that uh, the idea is coming up. Uh, standing on that path, then and pursuing, one is not subject to the karma. Now you have to stay on the path. If you you know if you pull the plug out, and, and, but if you put it back in, that's another thing. So, so um, um, anyway, they enlightened the Yamadutta. They 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 had never in the story they had never encountered this before. So they went back to Yamaraj and said, "Hey, well, we met these other guys. We never seen them before." You know, he said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing." That's uh, so. This is the story to make the point, right? That um, that there is uh, that uh, the path advocated in in Bhagavatam is a path that the path in itself transcends the system of punishment and reward. It's a path of of uh, of, of love, love of God, and. Um, so it's not implication is all a path that's driven by um, prospect or fear, prospect of what I might attain materially if I do it, or what might happen to me if I don't. Hmm? These are the basically the motives that drive the karma marg. Hmm? Above that, we have the the motivating force of duty. I do it because it's the right thing to do. And out of love, hmm. so these are, this means like vaidhi bhakti and and, and rag bhakti. Hmm. Um, so um, what happened, of course, is this conversation took place, as I say, and uh, so the the, the Yamadu just backed off, and uh, uh, and this conversation was beheld. By Ajamil, who like um, was astounded and embarrassed and humbled, and so on and so forth, and uh, rather than dying at that time, which was his destiny, his his karma, his karma was interrupted, adjusted, tweaked, you know, by the Vishnu Dutas, by by the name of Narayan, and. Um, and as the story goes, he went to the Haridwar and retired there and chanted the holy name, not as um, uh, just calling his son, but as a as a spiritual practice, sadhana, and he went to Vaikuntha. Hmm. So it's a, it's a nice story and it's instructive on a number of different uh, levels. It makes a number of different important points to us, but um, the point... Um, uh, uh, in reference to your, your question, is that this is the standard idea of of of, of nama bhas, and um, at the same time um, there is uh, mention, and I don't remember. I think from the Vishnu Purana, a verse cited by um, Rupa Goswami in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, where he speaks about the the idea that the, the a shadow or an abbas of the name um, uh, is something like the like the dawning of the sun in the morning, where there's light but the sun hasn't come up yet. Hmm? And this verse um, and this idea 
is um, invoked by Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami and Chaitanya Charitamrita, where um, Haridas Thakur was invited to an assembly of Brahmins and um, invited to speak maybe about sadhana and sadhya or something like that. And different people were offering opinions perhaps. And anyway, he offered the opinion that that the, but simply by chanting Nama Bas, one can get mukti. And one of the Brahmins present was very offended by that idea. I thought, well, you know, people strive very hard for mukti, and you're saying just by Nama Bas, you can get away kind of bogus teaching as this, and criticized him and so forth. And then he got a, he got a reaction for his offense to uh, Haridas Thakur, and Haridas Thakur was vindicated in the public, and and uh, he said, I'm just saying what the Shastra says, and so forth. Which is, he speaks of how, how the Gaudiya people, they, they know the Shastra. <laughs> Haridas was, uh, you know, a Muslim. He knew the Shastras essentially better than, the, than the, some of the learned Brahmins. Um, so, um, this idea is invoked there as well. And um, I believe that Bhaktivinoda Thakur has kind of picked up on this, and he developed another idea, um, which he calls like Shradhanamabhas. So, um, what he means by that is that when we're chanting, then um, the chanting will cl- cleanse the heart, and um, as it does, um, then the like the day. Again, when the dawn comes before the sun is actually up, um, visible, light is visible, and this is a stage, he describes it as a stage. Hmm? It passed through, and, and then um, coming to the, to the um, fully chanting, if you will, something like that, the pure, the pure name, the pure conception, and so forth, as if to be basking in the sun itself, something like that. So he has developed this kind of idea. Bhaktivinoda did this in a number of ways, like Rupa Goswami speaks about bhava and bhava abhas, and different types of bhava abhas, or shadows of bhava, in his chapter on bhava and bhakti rasamrita sindhu. And so he gives explanations of you know, why, for example, you might find some symptoms of ecstasy in personalists, and and this one and that one, and so and what the difference is between what 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 he's talking about and what they're experiencing. It's very insightful kind of um, dissertation on ecstasy. You won't find such a thing anywhere else. Um, So um, Bhaktivinoda has kind of taken that concept and he he wrote about um, uh, Vaishnava Abhas, Bhakti Abhas, and in this case, uh, uh, Shraddhanama Bhas. So he, he's distinguishing the kinds of Nama Bhas that are mentioned in the Bhagavatam from uh, another idea. He's positing another idea where with faith one is chanting and cultivating, but only a semblance of the effect of the name is being experienced. And it's it's 
powerful, it's encouraging, and so on and so forth. And just like Bhava Bas, as explained by Rupa Goswami, is uh, is a fortunate thing. Hmm. Chai Bhava Bas, uh, not Pratibimba Bhava Bas. So there's a lot of categories, but to have association with the devotees and have experience some ecstasy, some semblance of bhava in their company during festivals. He gives this example. Devotees come, they get absorbed, they may experience a, a semblance of bhava. And this is a great blessing. It was very encouraging that we get some semblance of what the what the uh, 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 cultivation of bhakti and ecstasy is, is like, what the goal is like, and so forth. So... Um, so he, you know, speaks in this, uses the the concept in this way to speak about um, shraddha bhava bas. So it's his own kind of theological the, the, theolog, theologizing <laughs> the, uh, the own theology, to, uh, in, um, and um, so he kind of talks about it kind of in a stage like that, like you might chant um, offensively, making the offenses largely, committing offenses largely because you don't have sufficient sambandagyan, therefore you don't know that there's a difference between chanting Krishna-nam and chanting Kali-nam, Durga-nam, uh, Ganesh-nam. Hmm? That's an offense. Right, listed in the Purans. But if you don't have somebody again, you don't, you don't, may not know that, or you may think, hey, you know, um, we want to get uh, a good son. Let's do a let's do a sankirtan yagya, hmm? and think that the sankirtan yagya of the holy name is equal to whatever kind of yagya is given in the in the in the Dharma marg for getting a good son. That's another offense. Hmm? Um, you might think, hey, you know, if we chant, that's good because we'll get a lot of pious credits and then we can go and sin, we can chant, you know, and we can beat the system this way. Uh, that's, that's such are the virtues of the name. So these are all examples of, of offenses that obviously can be overcome if you have the, the, the Sambandagyan, the right orientation to Shuddha Bhakti. And so you're going to chant, you know, for... Um, Attaining prem. This is why you're chanting for the pleasure of, of 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 Krishna, and you're avoiding offenses and so forth. So, without that sambandagyan, then there's um, um, one can be engaged in 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 in, in um, and um, obviously the way I'm speaking about it, inciting some of the the um, Examples of nam aparad, the uh, the practitioner the, the is um, is chanting with something, you know, in mind more than in a sense in a religious context more than the nam abbas, which is like you know like he, he named his son Ryan, you know? so he used the name to designate something else and so forth. So. Um, or ingest and so on. So, um, you know, so in our lineage, this has been talked about like this at times, and 
And the idea is sometimes given that, well, by nam aparad, you can get pious results. By nam abhas, you could get mukti. By shudhanam, you can get prem. Now, we, in one sense, are all chanting shudhanam because this is our orientation. We have, we, we are, our orientation is we are chanting for the pleasure of Radha and Krishna. We are practicing uttam bhakti. This is the path we're on. This is, so, with that orientation, then we are, even even in the sadhaka stage, even the neophyte stage, shuddha bhaktas. They're not realized, not pure, but this, you're not on the namabhas path, or the, you know, you're on the namaparad, you know, um, section, and so on and so forth. So then, then within that, again, see, he has this idea of this clearing. Hmm? So, it's just a way of talking about it. I mean, the Shikshastakam speaks about cleansing the heart, uh, extinguishing the forest fire of material existence. Uh, these are the first stages of the name. It's just like I said the other day, if you want to, if you hire an interior decorator, they make them and say, okay, first thing we're going to do is going to throw out everything here. Throw out the couch, pick up the rug, oh, sweep out everything, <laughs> right? And first clean, then decorate, right? So, Bhakti first cleanses, and in the context of the cleansing, we get a lot Mananda. Hmm? And as the decorating comes, and Bhakti Ananda, hmm? something like that. So, at any rate, so Bhakti Vinodakar has used the term Nama Bas in a little bit uniquely and a bit differently than it's been used um, by the Goswamis or as it appears in Bhagavatam. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I say, Rupa Goswami has inver- invoked this verse from the Purana that uh, it's either cited, I believe maybe cited also in Chaitanya Charitamrita. And forgive me, I can't remember the verse per se, but it, it does kind of speak about this idea of Namabhas, like the dawn. So that's how Bhaktivinotakura has, has talked about it. So, um, that's the story of Namabhas, uh, in a sense. And what the, the reason this is stated is not so that we think, oh great, I'll just, you know, joke my way into liberation by, you know, making jokes using the holy name. But th- these types of statements are, are not state, statements from the scripture that are speaking to us about something that we should do. They're speaking about the power and efficacy, in this case, of the name, in order to motivate us to chant the name with with attention, with with affection, um, with the right understanding, and so because, boy, even if by this this is possible, the means it has power, and there is example in the scripture. I mean, it's not going to happen every time necessarily, but if there's one example, then you know that, that name has that power to do that. So it's kind of like what to speak of if you chant every day faithfully with your heart and, and so forth. What will be the results? And of course, the result is prem, which makes mukti liberation look insignificant in comparison. Hmm. So, so you might think, well, just uh, you know, Namabasa, I'm going to liberation, big thing. But you know, the, the, the bar has been raised 
you go to your Vaishnavism as to what what's worth it, worthy of attaining, such that liberation looks like like not only insignificant but undesirable. Hmm? So, if if liberation is undesirable, then you don't want you want to chant the name, you know, as a matter of uh, uh, spiritual practice and avoiding uh, offenses and so on and so forth. Yes. Not accepting from Bhaktivinoda's unique uh, utilization of the word a boss yeah. in his writing. Uh, if you have that much knowledge of the efficacy of the holy name, then th- then it's namaparad. There's no question of a boss in a strict, in the stricter context of the definition of namaparad. What's namaparada? It would be a namaparada to think, let me chant to get to get a specific result. You you already if you have that much knowledge of the holy name, it's not namaparada, namapas right. in the technical in the technical definition of namapas. Right. Okay. Right, yeah. The technical definition given the Bhagavatam, it's not in the context of any sadhana. That's what I was saying. If you're, you, you may chant Namaparad, but you may be in some type of religious orientation to it, right? You're right. thinking, I'm going to chant the holy name and I'm going to get um, the result of a horse sacrifice. I don't happen to have a horse with me, so I'll just chant the holy name. You know, that's a, to think the result is the same is said to be, you know, an, an offense. So it's it's interesting the point that you're raising because in the classical sense, nama bas is is like outside of the realm of of a religious um, kind of consideration that I'm invoking the name um, uh, for some religious attainment um, with this, some religious attainment in mind. It's like like I say, somebody jokes and haram, you know. There's a classic. Story in the Chaitanya Charitamrita: The Muslims said Haram as he got gored by a bull or something like that. Was it a, a boar? Haram. I don't know, forget what it means in uh, in in uh, Parsi or whatever they speak Arabic or something. Haram is some kind of expression, but Haram and there's the whole thing there. You know, even if you chant the syllables like Rama, you know, um, you know. Ramada in, you know, Ramada. <laughs> there you go. See, that's considered to be, you know, as Chaitanya Charitamrita explains, a, an, you know, an example of Namabas. So, or yeah, Namabas. So it's yeah. So what Bhaktivinoda is is bringing it into the context of religious practice, and yeah, so it's interesting. Yes. So my question is: so that the Sambandha Gyan part is is there with devotees? I mean, there's tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of devotees now chanting the holy name, chanting Hare Krishna. Yeah, they many rounds. Yeah, every single day. But here's here's the story of Ajamil. He does not have someone to kill. Yeah. No, n- therefore, he's not committing any offense. Yeah. Is that one of the reasons? He uh, is that just the power of the name? He's not been blessed with someone to kill. He has no understanding. Therefore, he's not committing the offense. Any offense? I don't understand that yeah. particular concept. Yeah, he has no offense. He has no offense. Is another thing. Like we well, say, if, 
offense, you know, like we say, that we have the sins of the flesh, you know, material desires and the sins of the soul, to offend the guru, to offend the name, to offend the Vaishnav, uh, to offend the deity, to make offense in the seva, seva puja and so forth. These are, you know, um, uh, this is another category altogether, and there are gradations there. If you make seva aparad in the puja, you can compensate for that by, by, by chanting the name. Hmm? Um, and so on and so forth. If you make offense with your mind, it can be rectified in the mind, with words by words, by action by action, and so on and so forth. And then it depends, you know, who you offend, a superlative devotee, or a neophyte devotee, or um, so on and so forth. So, um, but um, but the realm of offense, yeah, that that is what really um, uh, is the greatest impediment to, to making uh, progress. Now, you know, devotees learn the names and uh, sometimes they're even asked to recite them or the, the teacher gives a lecture and mentions them before um, blessing the student to chant the holy name. It's, and a lot of them are easy to avoid getting the knowledge. Like, you're not going to think, you know, I'm chanting to be here um, and the chanting of Krishna Nam is the same as chanting the name of Brahma or, you know, um, um, Ganesh or something like that. So we do Krishna Kirtan. We don't think that, just like we don't think that Krishna and Ganesh are the same, we don't think their names are the same. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> so, uh, but some people do, right? Um, and so, um, then again, um, there are other offenses that are even more difficult to, that require more than just knowing them, but you know, to consciously act them. So you may know that it's, not, it's an offense to offend the guru, and still you may ignore the guru's order, you may disregard the guru, hmm? and to whatever extent. You know, this is, becomes um, an offense. So, guru aparad, that was a nam aparad, disregard the guru, to offend the Vaishnav. Hmm? Um, and I've seen it. Some people, other Vaishnavas, they sometimes act maliciously towards um, towards other preachers. Even um, Prabhupada had the experience of, of of that. Some people trying to check other Vaishnavas trying to check him from, example, getting land in Vrindavan or Mayapur and so forth. And so um, that seems to happen, even though. That, that's the ones probably warned against the most, Vaishnava Aparad, to avoid, and, but it happens. Um, so, I want to say the Sambandha Gyan helps, and it gives you the opportunity to avoid by the knowledge, but you have to apply the knowledge. And some, with regard to some of the fences, it seems harder to apply the knowledge than with others. We're basically offensive as it, you know, to begin with, it, in general, from a spiritual point of view. So, um, so that's the problem. But yet, Ajamil had no offense. So, so you could say, well, the Nama boss had a great effect on. But it, it, it's it's not going to work like that for everybody. I mean, the average guy on the street doesn't have, you know, Nama Parad either. And he may say, hey, Harry, where's your Krishna? Oh, yeah, is he going back to Godhead like Ajamil? Like like I said, it I said it, it doesn't happen every time. <laughs> but it is possible. That's the theory. <laughs> it's not much difference from what Ajamil did. 
he just called his son, you know. He had that, only that in mind, out of fear of the Amadutas. But if one is chanting in Nambas, does it, does it automatically mean there's some, some taste, some ruchi, if you're in that state? Oh, you mean like Bhaktivinoda's talking about it? I think so. The way Bhaktivinoda's talking about it would appear to be, that would appear to be the case. A, you know, it's sometimes been referred to as a clearing. So, like I said, I mean, the dawning of the sun, before you could see the sun, there's light, so darkness is gone. So, illumination, taste. Hmm. I've heard you say, if you're sitting there chanting for 40 years and there's no taste, then you can pretty much say that you're, somehow or other you're committing operatic. Well, there may be some, uh, there's all kinds of aparad too. It may not be an aparad to Nam even, it could be aparad too. Yeah. Bhakti, you know, Seva aparad. Some of the, um, you know, Vaishnava aparad is, is also a Nam aparad. But Seva aparad is not a, not a Nam aparad, but it's an aparad. So, you know, offenses get, get in the way. And Prabhupada called that one, was it? Was that question about Parag? He called the mad elephant offense. He referred to elephant. Yeah, I think that I think that is, that um, that uh, idea is invoked by by Krishna's Kaviraj, I think Hatimata, the mad elephant offense. So if you let an elephant loose in your garden, that's a big problem. <laughs> but I mean, the power of bhakti is such that the the result. It can't be lost. So, even um, Aparad, one, you know, for, forgoes the practice in the lifetime, still he'll come back at some point. Hmm. The, the, the effect of the offense will wear off, but the enduring effect of, of bhakti, that won't wear off. So, it'll recede to the background, but again, it'll come to the foreground. and He'll find his way, she'll find her way into the association of devotees in some lifetime. And so we have a long story. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's the best way to preach to someone who's, because there's so much kirtan going on in the world, but a lot of it's not real bhakti. It's just, like you said, they ch- they're chanting the names of Krishna and then, then they chant the names of Ganesh and they chant the names of Durga. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are real attached to that chanting, and they really like it. And so, is there a way to preach to them to really, like, if they come here and the kirtaniers, you mean, who do that? Not even necessarily the kirtaniers, but just someone that might come here that's had some experience in other kirtans. Well, I think that um, my explanation is that um, that um, kirtan is an anga or a limb of the body, the angi of bhakti. Okay, the shravanam, kirtanam, vishnu smaranam, parasevanam, archanam, vandanam, dasyam, sakyam, atmanivedam, this is rupsita bhakti. These, power, these, these activities have inherent power in themselves, whether you know about it or think about it or believe it or not. Like fire has the power to burn, whether you believe it or not. So, um, they're powerful forms of bhakti. These are powerful angas, limbs of the body of bhakti. The kirtan is one of them, and it's prominent in Kali Yuga. Hmm? Now, yoga, sadhana, abhastanga yoga, kirtan is not a limb of that path. 
um, Gyanmarg. Kirtan is not a limb. The Karma Marg. Kirtan is not a limb of that. So Kirtan is a limb of Bhakti. Hmm? And um, and Bhakti is not for Ganesh. It's not for Shiva. It's not for Durga. Hmm? It's for Vishnu. We're talking about Vishnu Bhakti. Therefore it says, uh, Shabhanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smananam Padaseva. So Vishnu Bhakti. Maybe there are other, you know, some idea of devotion or something, if you want to use the word loosely, but we're talking about kirtan is a limb of the body of Vishnu Bhakti. Hmm? So kirtan is for uh, Vishnu. And in the context of bhakti, then uh, you find that Krishna, who is the source of Vishnu, in the Gita characterizes his devotees as satatam kirtayantomam. They're always chanting about me. They're always doing kirtan about me. That's what they do. That's one of their primary characteristics. And there are many other statements by Krishna about the efficacy of the name, power of the name. Indeed, Krishna loves his name and is more attracted to his name than he is to his form. His own. We heard the other day, you know, that Krishna was attracted to his own form. Where were we discussing that? Somewhere. And it, um, was it in the Dhammarastakam explanations? I think it might, might have been, right? That uh, that uh, even Narayan of Vaikuntha is attracted to the form of Krishna. And uh, and Krishna's form is all pervasive. So, so uh, Krishna himself is attracted to his own name, his own form, right? Uh, Vasudev Krishna in Mathura is attracted to the form of Krishna and Vrindavan. He thinks uh, incredible. So, uh, but but the name of Krishna is more attractive to Krishna than his own form. And this is explained in Brihad Bhagavatamrita. Hmm? So, he says, I'm not in Vaikuntha, I'm not in the hearts of the yogis, but wherever my devotees are chanting my name, then that's where I, where I reside, and so forth. So, um, that's a whole interesting subject. Maybe we'll go into that when we come to the next verse of Dhammadarastakam, because the chanting of the name is the way to see the Krishna outside, rather than just internally, the Antardarshan. So, that's coming, but... Um, well, what was the um, We're talking to question? Somebody that comes here. Yeah. So, so I say, you know, uh, then having said that, kirtan is a limb of Vishnu Bhakti, and particularly, um, it is very central to Krishna Bhakti. Hmm? Um, you don't see much too much Vishnu kirtan, but Krishna kirtan. Is very um, popular, even more than Ram Kirtan, Krishna Ram, and it was, of course, popularized by and embodied in uh, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? So, um, uh, this is r- really, if you want to know about Kirtan, this is where to go. I mean, Mahaprabhu was the emperor of, of Kirtan. Mm-hmm. Um, and teaching about Krishna Bhakti and so on and so forth. Now, conversely, we don't find 
Durga saying, just chant my name and I'll be there. Look over your shoulder and I'll be there. You know, we don't, we don't find that. We don't find, you know, that kind of emphasis of Shiva, just chant my name. You know, they don't, they don't ask you to. Hmm? Maybe there's something in the Shiva Purana or something, but, but that's another thing. We can also look at the name of Shiva and Vishnu as one. So, but, but, you know, Ganesh, this one, that one, Brahma, there, there, there is no, the Brahma, Purana doesn't say enchant my name always, you know. Or, so it's not. Um, what does, for that matter, uh, uh, we would speak of the different devas, even the different avatars. Like I'm saying, Krishna's in, in, emphasizing this, his name. Hmm. So if you want to look at it, if you know you say you really like this kirtan, it comes from India, it's a cool thing, and so forth. Well, do you? We have to happen to know a little bit about that. It's, it's like what we do. It's our main thing here, and so, um, in fact, Mahaprabhu made a whole theology out of the name Nam. You know, the Nam Nam Dharma. Because what we do is the Nam Dharma. Jive Doi Krishna Nam Sarva Dharma Sar. Be kind to others and and uh, invoke the name. It's the essence of all dharma. So, this is our this is our thing, our path. So you've come to a place here where we're really into it, and while we accept that there are different names of God and so forth and so on, we also understand there are external, there are let's say indirect names of God and there are direct names of God. Direct names of God have more power. They they are filled with all of His shaktis. The indirect names are not Paramatma, Brahman. How much shakti is there compared to Radhanath? Gopal, Krishna. Mahaprabhu says, Nam Nama Kari Bahudani Desarbha Shakti. He's talking about primary names, not indirect names, secondary names, I should say. And primary names. Secondary names are names of God with regard to God's work, like in this world. Hmm? Creator, Ishwar, the Controller, the Almighty One, you know. Hmm. And the 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 um, primary names are names that speak about him in relation to bhakti in his own world, his own life, right? Hmm. Driven as it is by bhakti, that's you know draws his attention. That's that's a more more powerful. So these are the things we. We know about when we like kirtan, we share them with you, and this is why we don't chant Ganesh. Why should we chant Ganesh's name? Ganesh doesn't have any power, the Gita says, to do anything unless he's blessed by Krishna. Mm-hmm. Hmm? So that's the teaching of the Gita. You like the Gita? This is what the Gita says. You should know that the devas, their power to bless anybody comes from me. And what he's, why is he saying that? Because he's saying, worship me. Because otherwise, alpamedasha, you're not very bright, he says. People who are alpa, alpa means small. Alpamedasa, medasa means intelligence, who are less intelligent. They worship the gods. And for what? For things. They're really dumb. Hmm. They worship the gods who can't give anything unless I give the power, 
and they're worshiping them for things, and they're not even a thing, so it won't do anything for you <laughs> if you have things. <laughs> so, so um, you know, these are the these are the teachings, and you know, you have to find a little way to share that with people and. And, uh, and 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 kirtaniers, I would think, you know, this is insightful, and it's very beautiful, and it's, and you speak, um, simply and straightforwardly from the sacred texts, like this. It has power. And people in the world, they want, they're interested in kirtan, they want to know about kirtan, and they don't know much about it. And many would say that they 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 lack, you know, some of the philosophy that goes with it, and they would like it. So why not give it to them instead of, you know. They like the name Ver Durga, so we're going to chant that here. You know, what's the what's the point of that? If if you're a, if you're a Vishnu uh, bhakta, hmm? then you know you stand up for it and say, you know, we, we, we this is what we do. We do in Krishna Kirtan. This is why, and and, and it's it's uh, it's need, needs to be discussed, and it's very charming actually, and very interesting. Hmm? So why uh, why not? Uh, you want to help them, help them. <laughs> this is a way to help them, right? right? Otherwise, you, you know, you're pan, want to pander to them and, and to their, um, well, namaparad. Ganesh, Shiva, Krishna, Buddha, it's all the same, right? Why introduce, you know, such namaparad to the public? I'm not... I think some people do that, and they inadvertently don't realize it. But that's what um, Vishnu Bhaktas, you know, they, they, everybody else stands up for their path. You know, I would imagine. <laughs> yes, sir. Along those same lines, there's a woman that sings on my Pandora radio, and I looked up. She sings a lot about Wahe Guru, so I looked that up and found out that she was a Sikh. But she also sings the um, Maha Mantra and the names of God, you know, Banki Bihari and Madan Mohan, Mm -hmm. different bhajans. Um, Do the Sikhs actually worship Krishna like we do, or is she just trying to sell records? No, the Sikhs worship Krishna and Ram, and their Guru Granta um, is their main book, and the name of Ram and Krishna are throughout. Satnam is their... Um, emphasis. You see, Guru, Guru Nanak found the Sikh tradition. Guru Nanak was a contemporary of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. At the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there were a number of contemporaries who were advocating um, the chanting of the name of God as a way of um, 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 immediate, um, direct, um, unmediated um, communication with God. Mm-hmm. The dominant religious idea was that if you wanted to like have a um, unmediated experience with God, direct experience of God, you'd have to be born in a Brahmin family and then in that life take sannyas and by taking sannyas in the Gyanmar, it's the Shankar idea, then you could have an unmediated experience in meditation as a sannyasi, and it, it distanced then the possibility of the people in general of having an unmediated experience of God by lifetimes, perhaps. 
And so there was a kind of a bhakti kind of a revolution of sorts, and various people were figures, players in that. And Kabir, Gurunanak, Tukram, Narsi met to these people, they were uh, either starting traditions, like Gurunanak was, was, he was starting a tradition of sorts that was kind of a blend of Muslim and Hindu sensibilities to transcend the you know the the the, the fighting and so forth and the differences and and and, and he emphasized the the, the satnam so there were a number of these people now most of them like gurunanak were advocating what we would call a sagunanam so they they would say that the name was a um brahman so they're kind of like taking from Shankar's idea a little bit, you know. This is a saguna form of Brahman, hmm, in the form of the name in in Satvaguna, and by chanting it you could go beyond it and and enter into, you know, into Brahman. Um, um, but Mahaprabhu and some others like Tukaram, um, they advocated a near nirgunanam, that the name itself is is beyond the material gunas. Hmm? It's not different from God, and God exists beyond the gunas. In mukti, there is the form of God, there is Leela, and so on and so forth, not just undifferentiated Brahman. Um, so there's some some differences. So, and I'm not really entirely well, you know, well versed in 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 the, in the uh, Sikh uh, Dharma, but um, I, I so I. I I am pretty sure that you know their their idea of liberation is more akin to Sayuja Mukti, hmm? but they have a, a bhakti approach to Sayuja Mukti, which would be efficacious, and it very much involves chanting the name. So it it is now when she gets into Bhakti Bihari and so forth, she's getting that all from the Gaudiya people, no harm, but but in a Guru Guru Granth. The names of Ram and Krishna are mentioned again and again on almost every page, and the advocacy of the name, and the efficacy of the name, and so forth. So, he was one of the people, in, and I met once with uh, one of the, the, well, her guru. I mean, any any of these Sikhs that you see around, uh, Westerners, were all disciples of, um, what's his name? Ramdas. Not Ramdas, no. Yogi Bhajan, Sikhs, Sikhs, yeah. I had the occasion to meet with him once, and he had a pundit. Used to travel with him, so he saw I liked that, you know, philosophy. So he had us sit together and uh, while waiting for dinner and chat, you know. So we had a long discussion, and he said there was a reference in the Sikh literature of Guru Nanak meeting with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Jagannath Puri. No, uh, I, I'm, I didn't get the details from all the time, but um, so so uh, yeah. I mean, I think that um, that said, uh, um, those uh, Sikh practitioners that do kirtan of Krishna Nam and so forth would 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 find um, this. Uh, 
developed idea of the theology of the Nam, of Nam and so forth, to be attract, interesting and attractive. So what would be bona fide for this? I mean, they're sincere devotees. Uh, they're sincere. They may be having a, you know, uh, a, 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 like I say, a saguna notion of, of the Nam. So they're doing, it would be a form of, of, of gunabhuti bhakti, in other words, uh, they're in, 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 they're engaged in a form of bhakti where bhakti empowers the sattva guna to give it power to do more than it can on its own, to give it the power to afford sayuja mukti. Hmm? So, um, yeah, that's what they're doing. I mean, uh, uh, But I mean, you can hear ordinary music and and draw Krishna consciousness out of it. So, I suppose you could hear other people do kirtan and draw Krishna consciousness out of it too, if you if you wanted to. Pandora Rhapsody kirtan. I mean, Krishna Das is huge. Every yoga studio in the world is doing That's that's why it's good to us to preach what the you know. Is there value? What the? Well, you know, it's. It, I always used to think that if in, in the future, if, if Krishna consciousness was to spread, there'd be a lot of preaching to do in America, because there'd be all kind of misrepresentations, partial representations of it, and so on and so forth. So, I guess it's good, better than you know, you get to preach on a higher level and just you know tell people don't eat meat. You know, you get to get into it a little more deeply. So, it's to be expected. So it, it doesn't affect your con- like my consciousness to hear somebody chant. Could whose goal is? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would. I would listen to it. You know. I mean. I, you know, I would listen to uh, the chanting of devotees. Right. All right. She had follow-up question. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> story. Um, now, if if Ajamil had chanted like "Get me to the Ramada Inn" or something, that vibration would be saying saying your name intentionally, calling out a name, so that vibration have developed the same result. It's possible. That's the theory. It's possible, but I mean, as I get, again, that's the teaching is that's not what you're supposed to take from it. Like, okay, I'm okay. I'll just keep a sign Ramada in, you know, in my pocket. <laughs> Pull it out at a time of need, and I'll be all right. That's not going to. The name, you know, the name's alive, so he's not going to do. You know, he can do. He can do that. Is the point? If he can do that, if he wants. Um, but in a calculated way, if we make a plan like that, then he's not going to. It's not going to happen. All right. See. Harinam Prabhu ki jai, Vod Premanand.